Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Blade! This is a movie that came out forever ago, 1998, starring Wesley Snipes, of course. Comic book movie, vampire hunter movie. Uh, a movie that is part of a franchise that I have never seen the third uh, the Blade Trilogy, so I thought I'd go back to revisit this franchise, watch all three of them. There is just recently announced going to be uh, a new Blade movie that's coming out, I believe next year, uh, which is going to be a PG-13 Blade. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a continuation. I would imagine it is going to be somewhat of a legacy sequel as most movies are that are part of a franchise that came out a long time ago. Uh, and uh, not starring Wesley Snipes, obviously. But So for the, all those reasons, I figured I'd go back through and re-watch this, this movie. This movie that I found to be a, a huge inspiration for what would come out the next year in 1999, the movie The Matrix. Uh, this movie, these movies have so much in common. Uh, not only the fact that they are uh, stylish action movies, the hand-to-hand -hand combat, the gunplay. Uh, you have similarities in the costuming, a lot of black, a lot of leather. Sunglasses are a major part of the aesthetic of these movies. Uh, you also have moments in this movie where people dodge bullets. Uh, some slow-mo action. There's a lot of gunplay where, you know, people are shooting pillars and pillars are exploding. There's a lot of visual components to this movie that feel like inspired the Wachowski siblings in making The Matrix. I don't know how much, you know, I would imagine when this movie came out, they were in production. I would imagine it would be weird if this movie wasn't. A direct inspiration for that uh, there's an epic scene in this movie where Wesley Snipes grabs his sunglasses out of midair like sunglasses are very big in this movie now despite the fact that I think there's a lot of similarities between those two movies I think the matrix does all of those things better I think the fashion in the matrix is better I think the sunglasses are cooler I think the fight choreography is better. I think the bullet time, bullet dodging stuff is clearly better. Like, all of those aspects, the rave culture, the techno music that is in this movie is also in The Matrix, I think, uh, is better as well. So even though it's it's clearly inspired by, it, it was elevated in The Matrix. But it was fun to revisit this movie and see all of the similarities, uh, which this movie definitely has. It's very much a 90s action movie, uh, specifically, you know, starting off with the rave scene. Uh, rave culture in the 90s was huge. Uh, back then, it wasn't this big corporate festival type of uh, atmosphere. The, the culture around raves back in the 90s, they were all underground. They were all like almost like speakeasy type of situations where they weren't like big open festivals 
completely different from what it is now. Uh, and uh, so that this movie, along with The Matrix, but this movie specifically captures that, where it opens up with a scene where these two characters are going into like this rave that is held in like a butcher, like a meat packing plant. Um, which makes sense considering the vampire connection and all that. And, the, of course, when the blood comes through the sprinklers, it makes complete sense. Uh, but it definitely has 90s action movie vibes. Also a lot of shaky cam, which I think this was came before the trend of shaky cam, which I think really took off with the Paul Greengrass and the Bourne movies. I think that really popularized having shaky cam in action. Um, I don't think it's necessarily done as well in this movie, but again, another thing this movie pioneered and did before uh, other movies that followed it, uh, but still had solid fight scenes. I enjoyed the fight scenes. It has a different flavor of fight scenes than you see in all of the other action movies, which I appreciate that when an action movie is able to develop a fight style that makes it unique. I mean, you think of this movie, uh, in comparison to The Matrix, obviously The Matrix better, but definitely different styles. You think of this compared to like John Wick or uh, even Jackie Chan. They all have different kind of feeling and look and aesthetics to them. Uh, so I appreciate that. And I think the fight styles hold up. I think they're fun. I think they're, they're uh, you know, good. I think the CG in this movie holds up pretty well. I really like the the practical effects they have. I mean, there's scenes that remind me of Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's a scene, this sunrise scene, where they're killing a vampire. And you see this vampire. First, he, like, melts. And then he catches on fire. The fire actually looks like fire, as opposed to most movies nowadays. All fire is, like, CG on some level. Or controlled in such a way that makes it look super fake. But like the, the 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 effects of this vampire being killed hold up and I would say are superior to a lot of movies. Like having him melt and then catch on fire and it looks like fire and then he explodes. There's a lot of exploding vampires in this that that have like buckets of blood that are very similar to, you know, other kind of B movie like the Grindhouse movie where like everybody that gets shot like a bucket of blood explodes from their body this movie in a very similar fashion has that happen when these vampires explode it's just like massive amounts of blood which you can clearly see the things from this movie that would be removed to make it a pg-13 movie like we're not going to see a vampire melt in the sunlight during a sunrise and catch on fire and if they do, it's not going to look as realistic as this movie portrays it. They're going to do it in their how they do CG now. It's going to look like a generic, like like everything else. Like things will die and like vanish or like dissolve in some way. And it's going to be very, very, you know, very friendly for a wider audience so they can make more money. It's the only reason they're making the new one PG-13 is that they can cash in on a younger audience. Let's take a little break from the Ray Taylor Show to promote 
my live art streams. That's right. I am an artist as well as a podcaster, and I paint live every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific time. Head on over, the best place ever for streaming, youtube.com slash inspired disorder. That's right. Every Thursday at 4.20, you can watch me paint the many faces. Every week, I paint seven new faces of abstract portraits, ink on paper, and you can watch that happen. You can hang out with me while I listen to a classic episode from one of my favorite podcasts. Head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and check it out. Say hi. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. Let's paint some faces. Now let's get back to the show. But I like that this movie is an R. I like the buckets of blood. I like the gory, you know, practical effects. You know, rem- reminiscent of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, there is another trope that is a very 90s action movie trope, which is the dislocated shoulder. Obviously happens in the Lethal Weapon franchise, a, a part of that franchise as well. The dislocated shoulder thing happens at least twice in this movie uh, where where uh, Wesley Snipes' character... Dis- Actually, I think... It's his character and then the scientist lady both have. But there's two dislocated shoulders, which is just something you don't see. You don't see people getting... I mean, you see people kind of get injured a little bit in movies, kind of. But they're not, the dislocated shoulder thing has disappeared. Like, that was such a thing of 90s action movies, it feels like, where they, they recognize, like, that is an injury that could be sustained, you know? Or, like, you think of... Uh, top, uh, not Top Gun, but uh, you think of uh, Point Break, how uh, Johnny Utah's knee, he's got a bad knee. Like, you just don't see, like, real everyday injuries play out as they did in 90s action movies. Uh, and I appreciated that not once, but twice there is a dislocated shoulder situation. Uh, and I appreciate that. Um. There's like, you know, there's the thing with this movie is like there's so much of it that could be better. Like it's a fun movie, the action scenes are good, the backstory, the the kind of the plot of this movie, the story of this movie it feels like it's clearly from a comic book, but they didn't really care about the story of it. Like why this whole thing happens. I mean, we we get some of Blade's backstory, his mom the the opening of this movie how she was infected and gave birth to him and that that that's a, a different type of a being than somebody who was bitten after birth and then transforms uh you have the scientist who's trying to find a cure for herself but also trying to find a serum that allows blade to survive and not be bloodthirsty um you have his 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 sidekick who makes all of his weapons like there's interesting components to this movie, you know, and this 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 overarching character, but it feels like a lot of the other stuff, the other parts of it, are handled like most action movies handle the other aspects of the story, and it just doesn't feel like, I don't know, it just it, it feels like a waste in a lot of ways, and it's not like it's a uh, short. I mean, it's two hours, solid two hours, but you know, they, it, it, I don't know. It feels like there could have been some more meat on the bone, as it were. 
but it is what it is. It's also a lot of great one-liners, which is another 90s trope. Having your, your superstar say these catch... I mean, they're kind of ridiculous one-liners, but... You know, there's, let's see here. There's, you know, there's a few. There's a few that are that are good. Um, Karen, you have a lot of love for, for him, don't you? Blade. Uh, we have a good arrangement. He makes weapons. I use them. Uh, let's see. Where's where's the, the one, the sugar-coated reality? Um, oh, man. I'm not finding it all of a sudden. I don't know. There's a lot of fun. The of course the uh some some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill is a great line as well. Uh but a lot of fun fun lines. Like there's like there's one line that's very matrix esque is like you're living in this reality, this sugar coated reality, and there's something more deep behind the surface or something like that. And it's just ridiculous. Like sugar coat I don't know. It's like like it has potential like what they're trying to do with that those lines just falls short like it just it's missing a little bit better writing in some situations but still a lot of fun still like i mean quotable i'm sure if i had watched this more like i did when i was you know when this movie came out i was 17 probably watch if you know people that watch kids that watch action movies back then you'd watch them all the time and you'd quote them all the time and this one is it would be infinitely quotable if i had watched it more more recently uh instead of trying to haphazardly look up one-liners on a website that's not providing the ones i specifically want to quote but it's fun, you know. There's kind of stupid stuff. There's some stupid stuff. Like she's trying to, she's going over cures and like she's trying to show how like this stuff that she uses to do a certain thing involving blood, how it reacts with vampire blood and how like, you know, active, the active reaction of it. But she like sh does it on a microscope. Right, she puts it on the microscope and it's like, oh, look in the microscope to see how active it is, but actually step back because it's going to explode. And not only does he not really get a chance to look at it under the microscope, but it also blows up one of her microscopes. Like, it's just kind of like a poorly written scene. Like, if you're going to write that scene, write it to where it's like, okay have her put the sample under the microscope show blade look at it maybe cut to a scene of like the 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 crazy reaction this stuff is having with the vampire blood and then have her take the slide out and then throw it in the sky and have it explode in the sky right that's how you would write that's how that scene would play out in a better movie right to where you're not just blowing up a microscope he actually gets to see this crazy reaction, you know, but you're not just destroying scientific equipment that you need to hopefully make a cure for yourself and to, you know, give Blade this antidote. There's also a scene where they're in this room of like the vampire Bible and each sheet of this of this Bible, like the Dead Sea Scrolls of vampires are in these like protective glass and there's a big fight scene that happens. And the vampires, for one, don't seem to care at all that they're in this giant, 
Like they're completely contributing to the destruction of their these ancient documents of theirs. Like they have zero care involved with the fact that this whole thing is being destroyed. Right? They are like it's not Blade going through destroying these documents. They come in to get Blade and in that in that thing destroy it and contribute to destroying it, shooting it. And then of course his buddy comes in and wrecks shop as well. But it's just kind of like, okay, why would they be doing that around there? And then the after that event, Blade has like one corner of one document and he hands it off to his buddy and his buddy's like able to extrapolate everything that they're trying to do from this one little piece of this out of all of the pages from this this vampire bible. He just happens to grab the one little corner that has the information and his buddy is able to decipher this crazy writing that's on it and tell him it's like clear just like lazy bad writing in my opinion he also steals a hard drive which on the hard drive it seems is just like this animation of the the thing going into the thing of like the thing that's supposed to be happening this ritual that's supposed to be happening that will happen later on kind of stupid like there's just some it's just like just like all of these little components of this movie that are so interesting and could have made for a great movie but all the connective tissue between all that is just lazy and sad and like could have been handled in a better way and made this movie much better but still it's fun action i mean you see, i mean what are you gonna do action movies it's it's so rare that action movies elevate and kind of also flesh out a really interesting story. Let's take a little break from the show to promote The Many Faces. That's right, I am also an artist. I do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces. A new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at InspiredDisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam, if you want 8x10 prints on high-quality paper. Also, if you're looking to wear some art, there are shirts available with original artwork by myself. Select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form. You go to inspiredisorder.com, you buy original artwork, you buy prints, you buy shirts, you're supporting an artist directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to inspiredisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show! Quinn is a funny, he's kind of, he's Frost's, you know, the bad guy is Frost, and Quinn is like his henchman buddy, you know, right-hand man, and uh, he's a lot of fun. I like him, he's got a lot of sense of humor, uh, it, you know, a fun, fun character, fun actor, um, played by Donald Logue, who I enjoy him in other stuff, like, the, he's like the guy that he co he's constantly getting beat up he's constantly like losing limbs had his face scraped off of a train but he's like super cocky super like uh, just kind of the the comic relief of this movie 
like you love to hate him in a lot of ways you love to see him kind of lose limbs and things like that uh so kind of a fun a fun type of a cocky type of funny character um frost steven dorf as deacon frost is kind of sad like as far as villains go he's he tries to act super cool and chill but i don't know it's just it's just sad it's just i don't uh, i like casting wise he doesn't seem like a scary type of a person although there are some scenes where like there's a scene where he's uh beating up on whistler and like stomping on him and kicking him and it's one of the few times there's a scene of a character stomping and kicking somebody that that does seem kind of vicious so i did appreciate that but as a villain in this movie kind of sad karen the scientist is like why is she there i mean obviously for story purposes she's there to like She's like the audience surrogate, so Blade can explain everything to her and to the audience about what's going on. But there's no reason Blade would take her on these missions to go track down these vampires. Because she has no experience fighting. She's a mortal human. Like, she adds, she's only a liability. And she's a liability that he needs her to create a serum for him because the serum he's using is failing like it just doesn't make sense just another of many things this movie maybe that will be the advantage of this remake like they will have writers they know comic books make movies or movie movie comic book movies make a ton of money now so they will be able to invest in better writing hopefully not that comic book movies are really well known for fleshing out amazing next level stories, uh, but it seems I would imagine it's going to, hopefully, it will produce something that's at least a little bit more well rounded than this movie. But overall, I mean, I love this movie. I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. Although there is one point that feels so weird. There's a scene at the end battle where it's Frost versus Blade. And Blade cuts Frost in half. And Frost has been, you know, possessed by the ultimate vampire, demon, spirit, whatever. And he gets cut in half. His body, the two halves kind of float apart. And the blood kind of pulls him back together. And Blade looks and he gives this silent what the fuck. Which... It's a rated R movie. People are dying left and right. Buckets of blood. You see a vampire get burnt up and melt. Why would they cut out a what the fuck? Why would, why would that be the thing he doesn't say out loud? When do characters not say things out loud? Out of all the characters in film history that mouth things, why is it Blade mouthing what the fuck? didn't like and growing up it always felt like i had seen an edited version like that was the version that was on tv and they just took it out for tv purposes but this is like not edited for tv version this is just what the movie is and it doesn't make any sense it's kind of a weird kind of a weird thing but overall 
I enjoyed the movie. I thought the the special effects, the visual effects were pretty great. I enjoyed the buckets of blood. I enjoyed the practical effects. I enjoyed the fight scenes. I enjoyed how so much of this movie seems to have inspired the Matrix to make better movies. Uh, but also interested to see what they do with the remake. And I'm also interested to see how I respond to the subsequent sequels of this movie. Because I remember Blade 2 coming out. I was working at the, a movie theater when it came out. And I remember not liking it at all. Like, it was after my shift one night. The managers, we got the movie in. We watched it, like, you know, a few nights before it got released. You know, and uh, I remember watching it. And there's a thing that happens that still happens to this day. And has been a kind of a an annoying aspect of computers taking over a lot of stunt work in movies and that is when people are jumping around and doing things they look like rubber people and i remember blade 2 suffering so much from rubber people and it's similar to uh the matrix sequels as well like the burly brawl in the matrix sequels clearly rubber people right they don't move like their movements bodily movements don't feel real they feel like they're bendy and made of rubber and i remember the sequel to blade being that and i remember it making me not like it but now that i've kind of expect it and have seen really bad movies as well uh i'm interested to see how i respond to not only blade 2 but blade trinity which i've never seen because i didn't like blade 2 uh so i'll be interested to see how this franchise plays out uh, and especially excited to see the new one, definitely. Uh, but that's it. That's my thoughts on Blade from 1998. Highly recommend checking it out. It's currently, all three of them are currently on HBO Max. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.